Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm Ryan Schockner, and today we're staying in the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina, and we're striking gold with Sam Green. She's a 49er graduating from UNC Charlotte, where she was part of the cheer team, but she didn't just stop there. She was also a honeybee, which is the Charlotte Hornets cheer squad. So she made it to like the pro level uh, in in cheer. Uh, Her husband, Ty Buttery was a fourth round pick out of high school in the 2012 MLB draft. So both Sam and Ty have reached the highest level of competition in their sport. Sam then leveraged her athletic career to work for Spot Fox Sports, Seacrest Studios, ESPN. At ESPN, she was putting together all those highlight reels, right? So if you turned into uh, Sports Center or Baseball Tonight, the Scott Van Pelt Show, and more, you were seeing her work. And, you know, she was doing great at that, right? It was a dream job for most people. But Sam said, you know what? Pause. I need to take this thing to the next level. So she went back and earned her master's in media psychology and now uses her experience and knowledge to help athletes build brands or like we always talk about, you know, set up parallel paths so that they can use their athletic experience to amplify who they are and create opportunities for life outside the game. With that said, Sam, welcome to NIL Undressed. Thank you. That was a killer intro. Thank you so much. I'm, happy I'm to starting play. to get good at this, you know. <laughs> <That was good. laughs> All right. So we're both in Charlotte. So I'm really curious about these. I always like to start with some rapid fire questions. So best, but you were born and raised in Charlotte. So best part of living in Charlotte. I've lived a lot of places, uh, kind of in the intro, like you said, my husband played baseball. So I would Airbnb hop every couple of weeks from city to city and you know, I never truly appreciated Charlotte uh, until, you know, years later and traveling across the world and realizing how nice it is. So to be honest, I think the best part about Charlotte is how new and clean it is. It has absolutely everything you need. Uh, you're never too far away from shopping center, uh, you know, beach, mountains, everything's kind of pretty centralized. So truly appreciating the Queen City's cleanness, to be honest. Absolutely. You know, I moved here in 2003 and it has just from then it has completely transformed. I can't imagine growing up here knowing what, you know, the before pictures looked like and now seeing the after pictures being developed. It's got to be pretty crazy. Yeah. So to be honest, so I went to school here and then I left for years and kind of only came back for Christmas for seven years straight. So hadn't spent more than a week here. Uh, really as a young adult. And so finally, now that I moved back, I'm mind blown. My husband and I are both like, just cannot believe it. And we wish all this was around really when we were young and in high school and looking for date nights and things like that. There's definitely a lot more to do. And it's just, it's crazy. I feel like it's grown by the day for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Favorite Charlotte restaurant. Um, I'm pretty lame in the sense of like, I don't really like go out a lot. So I really like convenience when it comes to food because I'm, I feel like always, you know, taking calls or working with athletes. So it's got to be quick and it's got to kind of be healthy because I don't have time to cook. So this is random, but Viva Chicken, I don't know if you've ever been there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'd say like I eat that like honestly, like way more than what I'd even want to admit. I don't want to tell you how many days we got to eat. So I'm going to stick frequent, with that one. Frequent uh, card. You got the, the VIP card. For sure. Yeah. All right. So you went to UNC Charlotte. 
And that's a campus that, again, being here since 03, I've really seen blossom, especially with the addition of football. So what is your favorite or what was your favorite part of going to UNC Charlotte? I think really the laid back culture, there just was like no pressure. It wasn't a super huge like party school. And so uh, it was really it's UNC Charlotte actually started off pretty much as like a commuter school. So I actually think there was a ton of opportunity for me in college that I was really able to roll up my sleeves and dive into the sports media industry because of it. So the laid back environment and just kind of being right near the city provided a lot of opportunity. So I think that it was always like the networking aspect. Like you said, I worked at Seacrest Studios that was right here in Charlotte. I was able to do that in college. When I danced in the NBA, that was my college job still. So I think just the centralized location and the laid back nature was like a really good fit for me. Yeah, very cool. So, you know, there's so many different directions that we could go uh, on this podcast because you you lived the professional athlete life um, as a dancer with the Hornets, but also as, you know, your your husband played professional baseball, then he retired and, you know, made a comeback and, you know, athlete development, you know, is, is huge within just that story. Uh, and now you work with athletes to help them leverage social media and, you know, really to maximize the platform, storytell and all that sort of stuff. So um, let's start on the social media side, right? And, you know, social media with name, image and likeness has, it's been kind of hand in hand. Um, and, we have, you know, athletes and, and high school kids that are trying to get out there more on social media. So as a former professional cheerleader at a young age, right, what advice would you give the young ladies as they begin to engage in social media and, and you know, they face the pressures of trying to fit in this, you know, certain box and uh, you deal with comments, good, bad, and all that type of stuff. That's actually a really important question. I appreciate you asking that because that's something I'm passionate about even helping young athletes with is, you know, this digital world is crazy and it can eat you alive if you allow it. So personally, I was the youngest girl to have ever made the NBA dance team. I was 19 years old and it was extremely hard to balance, to your point, the positives, the negatives and really what was going on in the world. And I really let it get to me so bad that when I left the dance team, I completely deleted my Instagram account and I emptied out my bank account at 20 years old and went on a mission trip to Nicaragua and just kind of invested back into myself to kind of refine, you know, who I am um, from my own perspective and not necessarily from social media or the public eye's perspective. So I think I regret that looking back, you know, I had a huge fan base that I didn't tap into by deleting yeah. that account. But you know, I was young and it's kind of what I had to do. And so I think I learned a lot from it, though, that I'm able to teach these young women and men in general is just uh, really watch yourself, really limit the amount of time that you are on it. It may seem silly, but parents definitely get involved. There's uh, new features out on Instagram where you can literally limit the time on the app. There's settings on your phone where you can track the amount of time you're actually on Instagram or social media feeds. There's little tips that I've even done, like I can show you real quick. I don't know if it'll pop up, but with three clicks of the button, I turn my phone into a grayscale and three clicks, I can turn it back on. Little things like this, where while you're doom scrolling, it just like really helps your brain not compare and dive into, you know, that crazy world of comparison. So I think just 
actually being mindful of the amount of time that you're spending and take conscious, like actionable steps to monitor how much you're on it. It really does help. Um, Social media can be a great thing. It's changed people's lives. It's, you know, people's entire careers, including myself, but it doesn't mean that with that comes a lot of, you know, negative mental health aspects. So stay on top of it and just take action to stay off of it within reason. Yeah. Well, and so that's, that's interesting, right? Because you, I mean, great tips there, but you basically, um, you know, I'd love to hear about being in that environment, youngest, uh, you know, cheerleader for the Hornets. Uh, in an environment where, uh, I mean, it's a very sexualized, right? Uh, you know, it's you're the cheerleader, right? You're dancing, short, you know, skirts and all that type of stuff. So you probably had comments there. Plus, you have, you know, just being a, a young lady, you know, you know, body, you know, issues and comparison and all that sort of stuff. So, um, did being in that environment um, push you? to do things or act in a certain way that, you know, when you looked at yourself, when you went on that mission trip, you were like, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And then if so, what tips would you have to, you know, dealing with that environment for these, for these young ladies? No, to be honest, uh, even though certain things may have like bothered me, I always really stayed true to who I was. And maybe that's why I did sometimes have a hard time with comparison was because I never did act any differently than who I am. Um, the coaching staff is extremely supportive. So for any young girls looking specifically to get into the NBA or the NFL, those coaches are incredible. Lean on them. You have an entire staff that's like really helping you balance, you know, the industry. So uh, my advice would really just be like, lean on people. Don't be afraid to speak up and speak out and, you know, get help. But no, I, I definitely just always stuck to who I was. Okay. So how, how would you do that? Right. How did you how did you focus on that? Sounded like there was some support system. Um, and obviously you're very, you know, smart, intelligent. You had a good group around you, coaches and all that. But how does somebody uh stay true to themselves in light of that environment? I think you really got to just think about what's important to you. Sit down, you can write it out, write your goals out and just follow that. There's going to be days and emotions and moods that are going to be negative or you don't want to get up and do your routine or you don't want to, you know, stick to these values that, you know, you really believe in. But I think if you take the time to really self-reflect, buy into yourself and understand who you are and where you want to get to in life, uh, it's actually easier than what you think. Uh, may not be easy, but you know, you can stick to it, stick to the plan and really stick the course that, you know, you want for your own life. Yeah. So that's great. So what I heard is, you know, be, be true to your goals and really get some clarity on what those goals are, because then you can fight some of the temptation that you might feel, uh, along the way. Absolutely. So outside of, um, not deleting your social media, your Instagram, uh, would you have done anything different in, in how you built or, you know, the first time around how you built your, your Instagram account and all that, knowing what you know now? 100%. Oh my God. If I could go back, I swear I would do it all completely different. I would record absolutely every single thing that I did as an MBA dancer or even in college from waking up to my morning routine, to what I would eat to stay in shape, to what our workouts looked like, to, you know, game day transitions with the girls. Heck, we were NBA dancers. I'd be doing all the viral TikTok dances. 
I would probably have a mini mic and be going around in the stands interviewing fans with, you know, one questions. I'd be interviewing my teammates. I just really would have uh, put a camera in front of my face the entire time and showed my journey. But social media truly, I mean, this was years ago. It really was just I think Instagram was only photos back then. Still, I was going to say, I don't video wasn't the thing. Yeah. So, but you know, there were still other platforms out there like YouTube. I could have totally jumped on that, become a little vlogger on YouTube of, you know, encompassing what it's like to become an NBA dancer, what the steps I took. I mean, I trained an entire summer just to, you know, prepare for it. So, uh, definitely would have just, you know, given an inside scoop to what it was like. Everything. I mean, everything like that, because that's, you know, because we get into storytelling. Right. And um, and we don't necessarily know what's going to hit, what's going to go viral. And so is part of that recording everything of, um, you know, let's find what gets attention and then produce more of that. Is that, you know, would that be kind of the strategy or, or am I completely off base on that? I really look at it as two different ways. And this is just truly based on my experience. I've created content specifically for an algorithm or because I think that it's what people want to watch. A specific example is I launched a YouTube channel interviewing professional athletes behind the scenes about their stories and who they were. And I did it that route thinking that's what I really wanted to get to know their stories for who they were, but I did the interviews thinking that that's the way people wanted to consume the content was by somebody asking these athletes the questions. But I got burnt out on it because what I really fell in love with behind the scenes while doing this was helping the athletes tell their stories and teaching them how to do it completely on their own. And so that's where I really made the shift into teaching athletes how to tell their own stories versus me telling it. So I think there's some truth in obviously finding some content that works with an algorithm so that you are being pushed out there. You do have an audience that is watching you. But I think more than anything, find content that you know that you can sit down day in, day out, be proud of produce and be excited to wake up and press record every single day. So it's two pronged. Yes, absolutely. Find the content that hits the algorithm. But number two, find what you actually care to create. Yeah, that's great. You know, to me, NIL is is really just a different way of explaining athlete development, right? These athletes are able to now because of NIL, what, what the pro athletes have always been able to do. Now these college athletes have the opportunity to do and so it's really just, you know, development of these skills that can help, you know, brand them and create different opportunities. Um, and so, you know, so often the focus it takes to uh, go pro or play in college or in high school, it's it's all consuming for these athletes. Um, and, you know, they're thought of as uh, as just athletes, right, from their environment, the people looking at them. And so then they kind of take on that uh, uh, that mindset, right? They don't develop their brands or parallel opportunities while they're playing. So what do you see as the missed opportunities or uh, the needed resources to help athletes take advantage of the platform while they have it? We want to thank our sponsor, Success Beyond Game Day. For many athletes, the last safe place was the locker room. They could be themselves and not be judged. Success Beyond Game Day creates a locker room community for athlete development. Partnering with individual athletes, high schools, athletic departments, college and pro teams on building their brands, understanding name, image, and likeness, how to get deals, and personal finance 
all while leveraging a proprietary assessment that identifies core skills that athletes can leverage to create a competitive advantage, all while creating an environment where athletes can connect to push each other to greatness. Check it out at www.successbeyondgameday.com. There truly is a gap, and that's why I started to do what I do. I'm married to your point, a baseball player. And, you know, he was at the highest level and had no idea how to do anything other than post a picture on Instagram. And so now he's making a comeback and he's fallen in love with content by watching me produce it all these years. And just yesterday we sat down and I taught him an entire video editing course, start to finish. Like, Here's your camera. Here's how you turn it on. Here's where your memory card goes. Here's how you clear the memory card. Here's your lighting. Here's how you can overlay your content. Here's how, how you can add captions. And he pulled me aside and was literally like, wow, like as an athlete, like I would have had no idea how to do this. I would have gone years without knowing. I would have probably had to hire someone to do this or sat down and watched, you know, years of YouTube videos to figure this out, which I don't have time for with my career and just couldn't believe, you know, the need and how easy it really could be if somebody just took the time to teach these athletes. And so that's really my goal and my aspiration is to fill that gap because there's so many apps and tools and tricks that are easy for these athletes to use. They're just, they don't know. Why would they know? No one's sitting yep. down and one's teaching them. It's not a part of their curriculum. So they're just moving on in their day in their life, assuming that it's extremely difficult, except for, you know, the few percentage who genuinely want to create content for a living and like just have this aspiration maybe they want to be video editors so they're the athletes that actually do sit down and watch the youtube because it's their passion but you know your general athlete they just don't know yeah and it's and and and, and because they don't know there then is inaction right and so they you know they think it's overly complex and you know you do it for a living so it, it's it's comes a lot easier to you now than, uh, but it's not like level 10 complex, right? It's, it's, you know, it's probably in that five to six range on a scale of one to 10. Um, but because they view it as overly complex or they don't understand it, then there's inaction. They just don't do anything. In the meantime, they've got this, um, you know, this mechanism, this megaphone for who they are, and that is the team they're with or the city they're with, the league they play for, the school that they play for that can help amplify their voice and their brand. And and by not taking action and exploring it, they're just years go by. And then all of a sudden they wake up, they're you know done with competitive athletics and five, 10 years go by then where they're wandering around trying to figure out who they are had they just taken you know a couple minutes to to explore it a little bit more talk to somebody like you their life could be completely different like a lot of these NIL athletes are you know they went to school for one thing but now they have a whole brand and and careers and all that sort of thing that um that they're you know able to you know take advantage of now 100% it really is like it sounds dramatic but I tell athletes all the, all the time that if you take this seriously it can be life-changing yeah absolutely so you went on a you kind of touched on this a little bit but tell people you know what exactly you do now and and how you landed there and again you touched on it a little bit but give us the uh the inside scoop on it yeah. So now I teach athletes how to create content so that they're able to build their brands. Uh, a lot of people say, 
build your brand, build your brand, find NIL, you know, build it, but how? So I really pride myself in teaching the how. I teach athletes start to finish, like I just mentioned about my husband, what apps you need, how to pitch yourself to brands, you know, how to literally edit your content, what kind of content you should be creating. So I work a lot with universities and college collectives as well as individual athletes. How I got here? Oh gosh, man. <laughs> I was a video editor at ESPN and everything I did there in an eight hour shift, I learned how to do from my phone and I left because I realized there's a huge opportunity here for athletes to tap into this. But again, like no one's teaching them how, and there's no way they're going to download thousands of dollars of software to learn how to edit. And so I actually went on to become a director of social media at a gym specifically for professional athletes. And I was running all of their accounts. And at the same time, I was helping, I became a marketing agent for professional athletes that were in the gym. So I was landing them brand deals and then I was helping them make the content for their partnerships. And I was actually creating it. And so then along the way, athletes just kept kind of asking me questions like, Hey, how'd you make this real for me? Hey, how'd you, you know, make this? Oh, what made you think about that? And so there was like a need of these athletes, these professional athletes wanting to learn more. And so I just kind of turned it into that then like, all right, let's, let's start educating them. And then NIL passed and kind of, man, it's my, it's my dream industry. It really. gets opened, right? <laughs> I mean, it was like, truly like gives me chills. Like it was just meant to be for me, uh, the mix of what I've been doing over years, working with athletes, educating them and media and content creation. I mean, it's just truly the perfect industry for me. So absolutely. And I've seen, so I, you know, I've been following you now for a while and I've seen the content that you put out there and it is truly, it's, you know, w- when you scroll through and you're looking at people's profiles and you're like, Oh, that's a cool video that they put together. I mean, you are literally telling them, take this angle. This is how you, uh, make it look good so it doesn't look like you know you filmed it in your you know in your kitchen. Uh, but this is how you can make it look like it's a completely professionally produced video so that the brands you do work with uh, are you know they get better results. If they get better results, you get more deals, and you know it's just kind of that domino effect. Absolutely. Thank so you. we could we could probably spend hours on this topic, right? Um, especially because you have a master's in media psychology. Um, if you could coach an athlete from high school to college to possibly pro as it relates to how to get started or, uh, how to manage their brand, develop it and all that, how would you go about doing that? Step number one, I would make them sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and just jot out all the things that they like, not just what they like, but what they would actually be willing to show other people. So I have a lot of athletes tell me, hey, I like to draw. That's great. But would you be willing to show people your drawings? No. Okay. Then we probably can't work with that. But, you know, so just really tapping into those interests. I said it earlier in this segment, but What are you passionate enough that you could sit down, press record and talk about it for 10 minutes? Mine is literally content creation. Like I could sit down and I could sit here and tell you all about these nerdy editing apps on your phone and how it's going to make your content better. So I knew I needed to lean into that. So I would help them figure out their actual interests. Then I think something that's really underrated that not a lot of people are doing is mapping out a long-term plan. It doesn't have to be 
you know, strict and all these rules and metrics. I just mean a mindset shift. A lot of people are getting caught up in short-term fame or short-term views. If you're a high schooler, you know, you do one TikTok dance, it doesn't go viral. You get embarrassed, you delete your page, you move on. Now, three years later, you finally worked up the nerve to start again and we're back at square one. No. I have a lot of athletes, college athletes call me, I'm waking up at seven. That's the best time Instagram told me to post on my feed. I got class at eight. Then I got practice. I got games. I got to hit the algorithm. I'm posting six times this week. Nope. Then they get burnt out and they're done in a month. Shift your mindset to a long-term game plan. If you're in high school, don't start thinking about even the next year. Start thinking about the next decade. Even if you post once a week, but you do it for 10 years, you're going to build an entire brand and you'll be mind blown of what you can actually create and produce if you s- switch to like the longevity versus the burnout. So I would help them with that. And then from there, I would teach them the how, literally how to go out and shoot the content. You know, what type of equipment do you need if you want to make it a little bit better, but keep it affordable? What brands should I be reaching out to? You know, how do I edit? How do I add captions? Where do I find the best music? Where do I find the trends? I teach them the how. So that would be my plan. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. And so, you know, it's funny because I was down uh, talking to the Citadel football program. It was their camp and it was all about brand building. They've got a new coach and, and all that sort of thing. And and I was just telling them it's the tortoise and the hare approach, right? And they've all heard the tortoise and the hare. The tortoise is the, is the five star, right? The prettiest, most talented um, you know, uh, of the, of the group, but the tortoise, you know, he takes breaks. He, he doesn't follow through. He's not consistent. Whereas, uh, the tortoise is the, is the, you know, you know, day after day, it's not fast, but he, you know, he makes it, um, a routine and he sticks to the routine. And at the end of the day, he wins the race. And, yeah. and that's when you think about, about your brand. I mean, that's essentially, uh, what you're doing, right? I mean, you have to think, who are you? And, and, you know, take off the short term, you know, I've got, you know, three more years of college left, I've got to really maximize this opportunity and fit it into those three years and look at the, you know, I'm going to be working, or I'm going to be doing something for the next 60 years. And so that's the kind of approach. Uh, so that's, that's great that, uh, that I got that one right with them. Um, and then it's funny because I was talking to a, a friend of mine who played football at Clemson and and he's getting, I mean, the speaking tour and all that. He got hooked up with Eric Thomas and all that. And he was um, sitting with uh, with E.T. the other day and he was like, uh, in 2007, Eric Thomas put out a video and it went viral. And he's had more views on that video that he did in 2007 than anything he's produced since. And he's arguably the number one motivational speaker in the world. He charges $250,000 for like a, a 30 minute speech. Right. Um, but it's that, you know, you don't know what's gonna, you know, what's gonna hit when it's gonna hit, but he says, you know, I'm still making money off that, that one that I did in 2007. And so it's, it's taking that um, that long term view, but also being able to roll with it and adapt along the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, just put it out there. Just start posting. Who are some of the favorite athletes that you've worked with? Assuming you can you can drop some of their names, but um, everyone always loves hearing some of that. Yeah, that's a good question, oh, man. I have, I gotta like think. Um, David Fletcher um, with the Angels comes to mind immediately. Just funny, really good guy and just so honest. I went over to interview him and he'd just gotten back from an escape room. Him and his wife have done like 
this was years ago. So Ben, it was like over 30 escape rooms, just, I don't know, really organic down to earth guy, honest conversation, and just kind of open to like hearing me out and learning a lot. Um, a lot of my college athletes, I really, really love working with Michaela Edenfield from FSU softball. She is a extremely creative person. And I honestly learn every time I even talk to her, she'll call me and be like, I help like a content idea. I just landed a deal with Taco Bell. What do I do? And by the end of the conversation, I learned from her too. So she comes to top of mind. Um, I worked at a marketplace uh, in the NIL for a year and a half, and I ran a content creator crew while I was there. So we would work together on producing a lot of content as a crew. And so shout out to all of my original content creator crew athletes, because that was a really fun dynamic working with them as the group. Um yeah, a lot of the MLB guys were fun. Um, Jordan Listro, I posted a video about her the other day. She is a uh, she plays for the Orlando Pride, and she's something special too. She's a really fun athlete to work with. Um, so yeah, I'd say maybe those are my top three: J- David Fletcher, um, Michaela Enfield, and Jordan Listro. But I don't know. I love all my athletes. Don't make me pick, please. Yeah, no, no. I didn't. Hey, I didn't say rank them. I just said who were some of the favorites. So. <laughs> That was not a ranking. That was just yeah, what yeah, came yeah, off yeah. Uh, top top of uh, surprise with the question. So, um, <laughs> Sam, hey, thank you for spending some time with us. How can people find you? Yeah, follow me on Instagram, Sam B Green. DM me. I have a little group going on where we all learn together as creators, so you can join my group there. Uh, I love responding to everybody. Or my website is nilwithsamgreen.com. So two easiest ways to find me. I love connecting with people. So please reach out and thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. Hey, thank you everybody for joining us on NIL Undressed. As always, every like, subscribe, share, and comment is greatly appreciated.